This is episode 19 of this podcast. The podcast is called True Crime Nightmare and covers both solved and unsolved murder cases from the UK and also from around the world. This episode covers the well-known case of eight-year-old Sarah Payne who was murdered by convicted paedophile Roy Whiting in July of 2000 in Sussex, England. Sarah Payne's parents, Michael and Sarah Payne, had met in the mid-1980s. They got married in West Sussex on the 4th of August 1990. Michael worked as an airport employee. The couple would have five children together from 1987 until 2003. children a daughter was born three years after Sarah Payne was murdered. At the time of Sarah's murder the couple were considered to be close and united as a family. Sarah Payne's siblings were at the time her older brothers Lee and Luke and her younger sister Charlotte. The Payne family lived in Hersham, Surrey at the time that Sarah was murdered. The family were visiting Michael's father and his stepmother when the tragedy happened. It should have been just another typical family get together but unfortunately a paedophile living nearby changed all of that when he snatched Sarah away from her family. The Payne family were visiting the children's grandparents, Michael's father, Terence, and Michael's stepmother, Leslie, in the Kingston Gauls in West Sussex, which is just under 50 miles away from the family home in Surrey. It was during the evening of the 1st of July of 2000 when the nightmare unfolded. The children had all been playing in a cornfield not far from their grandparents' house. Sarah Payne, who was eight years old at the time, was with her younger sister Charlotte who was five years old. She was also with her two older brothers Lee and Luke who were 13 and 11 years old at the time. They knew the immediate area and had played out in the fields before so the parents and grandparents were not worried about leaving them there as they went home and the children were to go back to the house once they'd finished playing. However, on this occasion, it is believed that a local paedophile had either been watching them playing and waiting for an opportunity to snatch a child, or he had just happened to drive past when Sarah was on her own whilst she was walking down the country lane. That was close to the home of her grandparents. No one knows for sure, apart from the killer himself, how everything happened that evening. It was still light and the children had been playing when Sarah fell over and hurt herself. She wanted to go back to find her parents and grandparents, so she left the field to make her way back to the house on her own. Unfortunately, at that moment, a local man drove past in a white van and he snatched the little girl from the side of the country lane and threw her into the back of the van before driving off again. The other children were unaware of what had happened, but had already decided to go back as well. 
Lee noticed a scruffy-looking man driving a white van. The unknown man smiled at Lee and apparently waved as well. Lee did not realise at the time, but his younger sister Sarah was in the back of the van and the man driving was a convicted paedophile called Roy Whiting. At this point, no one even knew that Sarah was already missing. It was only after the remaining three children arrived back, expecting to find Sarah already there, that anyone knew that there was a problem. The adults instantly realised that there was a problem. Some of them went out looking for Sarah, calling her name, asking anyone that they came across if they had seen her. The police were called at 9pm and within an hour they started searching for her and treated the disappearance very seriously. There were hundreds of officers from the Sussex Police Force involved in the initial search. The police only had one lead and that was the sighting of an unknown man who had been seen by Lee Payne, Sarah's brother, at the time that she had been gone missing after making her way back down the country lane towards her grandparents' house. Lee gave them as much detail about the man that he could. Lee explained that the children, including himself, had all been playing in the field when Sarah became upset because she had hurt herself. He went on to tell the officers that Sarah had decided to walk back to the house for help. Lee said that shortly after that, he and his siblings had decided to go and find Sarah and go back to the house with her. It was whilst they were heading back that Lee saw what he described as a scruffy-looking man with yellowish teeth driving a white van. Lee told the police that the man, who the boy did not know, had smiled and waved as he drove past the group. Within 24 hours, the whole of the country had heard about the disappearance of eight-year-old Sarah Payne. Her parents, Sarah and Michael, made what would become almost daily press conferences, asking the public for any information to help find Sarah. At these conferences, Sarah would always give a message to her daughter, telling her that they were all looking for her and would find her and bring her home again. At one stage of the investigation, one in three police officers from the Sussex Police Force were working on the Sarah Payne investigation. A man that was already known to the police was questioned within 24 hours of her disappearance. His name was Roy Whiting and he only lived a few miles away from the scene. Roy Whiting was known to the local police due to him being a convicted paedophile who had previously served time in prison for sexually assaulting a nine-year-old girl. Roy Whiting was new to the area, but the police were aware of his past. However, they did not know that he had a white van, but they soon discovered that Roy had only recently bought the van. When Roy Whiting was initially questioned by the police, he told them that at the time of Sarah Payne's disappearance, he was miles away in Hove, which is near Brighton in East Sussex, so he could not have had anything to do with her disappearance. He told the police that he had been at the fun fair. Brighton and Hove are about 21 miles away from Littlehampton, where Roy lived and close to where Sarah disappeared. However, the police decided to watch him closely because they appeared to believe that he knew something about the missing girl. The police would have a lucky break while they watched their main suspect, Roy Whiting, because he appeared to drop something when he went to his van one day. The police intervened and discovered he had dropped a receipt. The suspect had dropped a petrol receipt that was dated the 1st of July of 2000, and he had come from a fairly local garage and meant that he could not have been at the fun fair in Hove after all. The timings did not add up at all. 
Sarah's body had not been found at this point, but most people who were involved believed that the little girl had been abducted. The police arrested Roy Whiting, but at this point did not charge him in connection with her disappearance. The police knew that in all likelihood Sarah Payne was dead because usually if someone goes missing in these circumstances, unless they are found within the first 24 to 48 hours, then they will probably end up dead. Unfortunately, the police and experts were right in this case because just over two weeks after she had disappeared, Sarah Payne's naked body was found. Her body was found in Pulborough, which is about 15 miles from where she went missing. Sarah's body had been discovered partially covered in a shallow grave off the side of a busy road. The post-mortem confirmed that Sarah had been murdered and confirmed her identity as well. It was discovered that the little girl had either been strangled or suffocated or a combination of both. She had also suffered an horrific sexual assault according to the results from the post-mortem. The police did not find any forensic evidence either on her body or where she had been left. The police needed more evidence because all they had was a petrol receipt which belonged to their prime suspect, Roy Whiting. They did not have enough evidence to charge him at this point. Shortly after Sarah's body had been identified, a call came in from a member of the public who had reportedly found a shoe. Sarah Payne's body had been found on the 17th of July 2000, just over two weeks after she had vanished. The person who called in about the shoe had phoned police on the 20th of July 2000, which was three days after Sarah's body had been discovered. The shoe was recovered from a roadside in the village of Coolham, which is only about three miles from Pulborough, where Sarah's body had been found. Her parents were able to confirm that it looked like the shoe that their daughter had been wearing when she had disappeared. The black shoe had a Velcro strap instead of laces. Luckily for the police, the Velcro strap contained some evidence that they would eventually be able to use to help convict her killer. Although Roy Whiting was a suspect and the main suspect, the police did also question other known sex offenders in the area, just in case. They did not want to make any mistakes or overlook anyone or anything that was relevant to the murder case. When the police looked closely into Roy Whiting's background, they discovered that he had previously abducted a young girl, similar in age to Sarah Payne at the time. He was also known to scout the local area where he lived in Crawley, a town in West Sussex, looking for young girls. Some of his old neighbours told the police who were investigating Sarah Payne's murder that Roy Whiting was known to hang around outside local schools and seemed very interested in young girls in particular. On the 4th of March 1995, Roy Whiting had abducted a nine-year-old girl. He had grabbed her off the street and then he had taken the terrified girl to the local woods where he had sexually assaulted her. Roy Whiting had sold his car shortly afterwards, but the police, who had straightaway suspected him of the assault of the young girl, managed to track the car down again. 
Evidence was found linking Roy Whiting to the attack and Roy Whiting was charged with the sexual assault of the young girl. Roy Whiting was found guilty and sentenced to four years in prison. A psychiatrist who had examined Roy before his trial had stated that he felt that it was a one-off and that Roy Whiting would probably not re-offend in the future. However, a second psychiatrist who examined Roy Whiting whilst he was already serving his sentence in prison disagreed and said that he felt Roy Whiting would likely re-offend. Roy only served two and a half years in prison for this hideous crime and in 1997 he was back out on the streets. He had to sign the sex offenders register and report to police and also tell them of any changes. The sex offenders register was fairly new. It had actually only come out properly in force in 1997, the year that Roy Whiting was released from prison. The Sex Offenders Register covers crimes of a sexual nature that have been committed by a person who has been found guilty in a court of law. If someone is put on the Sex Offenders Register in England, the length of time that they are on it depends on the sentence that they received. For example, a caution could mean a person being on the register for two years. If a person has been imprisoned, Due to a sexual offence for more than, say, 30 years, then the criminal will likely remain on the register for the rest of their lives. Before going to prison for the assault on the young girl, Roy Whiting had lived in Crawley, but once he was released in 1997, he moved to Littlehampton, which is just under 35 miles away from Crawley. Littlehampton is a seaside town in the county of West Sussex in England. It has since been reported that Roy Whiting would just try to blend in with everyone else and did not draw attention to himself. After Roy Whiting had previously been questioned by the Sussex Police Force in relation to the missing Sarah Payne and before her body had been discovered in Pulborough, Roy had moved back to Crawley to be with his father. However, because he had already been linked to Sarah's disappearance in the media, mainly by the national newspapers at the time, vigilantes attacked the house that Roy and his father were living in at the time. Roy decided to leave and because he had nowhere to go and probably not many if any options available to him, he slept in the countryside in a tent for a little while. However, he was not free for very long. He was arrested for dangerous driving on the 23rd of July 2000 and he had to remain in custody. He was found guilty of dangerous driving and placed in prison to serve his sentence. In the meantime, the police were gathering more and more evidence that would lead to him being charged with the murder of Sarah Payne. The police had already checked Roy Whiting's white van once, but decided to go over it again. There was a sweater in the front of the van that belonged to Roy, on this sweater, the forensic experts managed to find a single blonde hair that once it was analysed turned out to have belonged to Sarah Payne. In fact, it was considered by experts to be a one billion to one chance that the hair had not been belonged to the murdered girl, but had belonged to someone else. Roy Whiting had steam cleaned the back of his van inside and outside, but for some reason he did not do a very good job at cleaning the front if he had cleaned it at all. The police found lots of rubbish 
when they searched the front of the van along with a sweater. The forensic experts also found plenty of fibres linking Roy Whiting to the black shoe that Sarah Payne had been wearing on the evening that she had been abducted. Finally, after seven months, the police had enough evidence to charge Roy Whiting with the abduction and the murder of Sarah Payne. He was already serving his sentence for the dangerous driving offence, so he was already locked up. Roy Whiting denied having anything to do with the murder and has never admitted it. His trial took place at Lewis Crown Court in November of 2001 and he entered a not guilty plea. The judge ordered that Roy Whiting's previous sexual assault conviction not be included in the court case, so it was not discussed or disclosed. Prosecutors could not use the evidence during the murder trial at all. Michael and Sarah Payne, Sarah's father and mother, attended the court every single day and had to listen to some very harrowing evidence. The fibre evidence from the black shoe, as well as the blonde hair from the sweatshirt, as well as the receipt from the petrol station, which placed Roy Whiting close to the site where Sarah's body was later found and not in Hove, as he said that he was, were all included as evidence against him. The case was heard for four weeks before the jury was sent out to come to their verdict. The jury jury did not need very long. They came back after only nine hours with a guilty verdict. The judge, Justice Curtis, who had presided over the court case, sentenced Roy Whiting to life imprisonment. Roy Whiting was taken to Wakefield Prison, which is in the county of Yorkshire in England. The judge recommended that Roy Whiting never be released from prison. In November of 2002, the Home Secretary at the time, David Blunkett, ordered that Roy Whiting serve a minimum of 50 years in prison. However, it was reduced to 40 years on appeal. Roy was 42 years old when he was convicted of the murder of schoolgirl Sarah Payne, so the earliest he can be paroled is when he will be at least 82 years old. Hopefully he will die before he ever has the chance of being released into the world again. Roy Whiting, who was born on the 26th of January 1959 in Horsham, West Sussex, England, grew up in Crawley, West Sussex. He had reportedly had a difficult relationship with both of his parents and he had many siblings. Roy Whiting worked as a car mechanic in a local garage after leaving school. Something good that happened after the conviction of Roy Whiting was a campaign led primarily by Sarah Payne's parents to set up a new law which would enable people, especially parents, carers and or guardians of young children, to be able to find out if a convicted sex offender is living in their area. Sarah Payne has always said that if such a law had already been in place, her daughter would probably still be alive today. The new proposed law was trialled in England and Wales in four pilot areas in September 2008. In August 2010, the Home Office announced that the Child Sex Offender Disclosure Scheme would be extended to cover the whole of England and Wales by the spring of 2011. Sarah Payne went on to write a book which covered her daughter's abduction and murder. She also wrote about the harrowing aftermath in regards to how it affected her family. The book is titled Sarah Payne, A Mother's Story. In July 2001, Sarah Payne's parents received £11,000 for compensation in relation to their daughter's murder. Sarah Payne is 
on record as describing the payment offer as a, quote, sick joke, unquote. But it was the maximum that could be offered by law at the time. Sarah Payne was also awarded an MBE, which is an award given by the government and also by the Queen, in recognition to work or awareness done by an individual, usually. MBE stands for Member of the Order of the British Empire. Sarah Payne's health suffered a setback in 2011 when she suffered a stroke and collapsed at her home. Thankfully, she survived and went on to make a fairly good recovery over time. Unfortunately, Michael Payne did suffer with his health. After his daughter was brutally killed, he suffered from depression. He also went on to become an alcoholic and would end up spending time in prison after he attacked his brother with a glass in December of 2011. This incident happened when the two men got into an argument after Michael had been drinking heavily. Sarah and Michael Payne had already separated by this time. They had split up in August of 2003, just over three years after the horrific death of Sarah. On the 30th of October 2014, Michael was found dead in his flat in Maidstone, Kent. There was no suspicious circumstances and the investigation concluded that he had died from alcohol-related illnesses. Roy Whiting had been attacked, has been attacked on more than one occasion already in prison and the last attack happened in November 2018. So much has happened to the parents of Sarah Payne since her death in 2000. They went on to have another daughter in 2003, but sadly Sarah and Michael had already separated when she was born. Sarah Payne's brother died from cancer in 2003 at the age of 44. Her mother also died from cancer the year after. Her father died in 2007 from various health concerns. And in December of 2009, Sarah Payne was taken to hospital in South London following complications from recent brain surgery. Thankfully, she responded well to treatment. Sarah Payne has spent so much time and energy campaigning after her daughter Sarah was murdered and has appeared on numerous programmes and documentaries and taken part in many interviews over the years. Michael Payne, despite his problems, before he died, he enjoyed watching the Formula One championships on TV with friends and family. He had previously worked as an airport employee but did not return to work after the trauma of losing his daughter Sarah. He had moved back to his hometown of Maidstone in Kent to be closer to his mother and brother. The murder of a young child can affect so many people and for such a long time, some people never recover from the tragedy. I'm sure that Sarah's siblings think about her all the time and hopefully they will cherish the good memories that they have and remember the good times before Roy Whiting caused so much hurt. Credits for this episode go to Britain's Most Evil Killers documentary and Wikipedia. Music